Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. We are in a series entitled Kingdom Economy. So if you're visiting, we're so glad you're here, but this is the final week of this series. We've been talking about God's economy, that there is a way to the kingdom of God in regards to how his economy works, in regards to our finances, in regards to our tithing, in regards to how we're generous, in regards to our heart, right? And so over the last couple of weeks, I know that for me personally, I know I'm teaching this, but you know, this is, we've, we haven't done this in three plus years, this series. And I know for me and for Rachel, it's realigned us. Anybody else been realigned in this, in this series? Can I see a show of hands? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. And so we've just been realigned to his truth, his, his, what his word says, how his kingdom operates. So I wanna encourage you, if you have not been here, please go back. I, I don't really plug old sermons right? Um, but, but go back and listen. Go back and listen and, and just be, be encouraged, be challenged in what God's doing. I, I want to I just share. We started with the heart. We said everything flows from the heart. Amen? Your hearts, let the Holy Spirit tend to your heart. Let, let, him, let, let, let him tend and, 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 and clean out your heart. I love that in, in the presence of God, my heart gets watered. I know that's like metaphorical, but like my heart gets watered. And in the watering process, two things grow, the weeds and the flowers, right? Like when you plant a garden, you still, regardless, you still get weeds growing. I'm just thankful that the Lord, in the midst of that, is invited, as I invite him in, wants to tend to those weeds and pull them out, but keep the flowers. How many of you believe that and say amen to that? So it starts in the heart. Will you be a person that, that your heart's open to him and what he wants to do, specifically through your resourcing and finances? And then we talked about the spirit of mammon, Come on, how many of you remember that? And how that's a spirit, and Jesus says, you gotta, you gotta choose which, which master you're gonna serve. He says, you're either gonna serve the spirit of mammon, the spirit of money, or you're gonna serve me. Like, that's the only place in scripture that I know where Jesus talks about serving two masters. And so I, I've just seen the testimony of people coming and be like, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's a thing. Money is not evil. Money's neutral. I got quiet. Money's not evil. It's the love of money that's evil. You with me? We believe in this house that, that Jesus wants to see business expand. We believe in this house that Jesus wants you to have creative ideas to open up new, new shops or open up a school or work in the medical field. He, he, believe, he, he puts gifts in us. How many of you know that to be true? Can I, are you awake? Do we need to turn the lights on? Like he's put stuff in you so that the kingdom of God can grow. He's not against growth. He's not against seeing you flourish. He's not against it. He's just wanting to make sure your heart's not fully consumed with that but turned towards him. And so last week we talked about the tithe. Come on. How many of you were challenged this week in that? Anybody? <laughs> just two of us? Okay. The rest of you, I need, I need you to come pray an impartation of faith. Monday morning, I got a phone call. <laughs> After preaching on the top, I got so 
tested. Guys, I'm sitting across the co- at a coffee shop, me and Rach. We were just like, I can have a blessed morning in Jesus. The kids, the, we switched up our childcare days, so we're like, we're just going to be together in Jesus' name. Monday morning, 8.07, very specific time. Got a phone call and got tested so quickly in that thing. You know the devil's so small? Did you hear me? He's a little devil. We said it Wednesday. He's defeated already. Did you hear me, church? The devil is defeated already. Somehow we give more credit to him. So I I remember me and Rach just sitting there, and I had a momentary lapse of, like, salvation. I was just like, ah! (laughs) Kidding. And Rach looked at me and said, no. Come on, how many of you are thankful for your wives? (laughs) Some of you are like... You better, how many of you are thankful for your wives? She said, no, 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 we're, this is good. We'll be all right. We preached about how the tithe matters, that first 10% to God matters. I would rather have 90% redeemed by God than have 100% not touched by God. God's principle is kingdom. This is how this works. And so last week we, we jumped into it, and this week I want to pose a question as we, as we close this series. And I pray that this question It's a very simple question. This is a question that will ring in our spirits throughout the next months, years ahead until the Lord leads us back into this teaching. Amen? It's this, kingdom economy, am I generous? Am I generous? Am I generous? I think that's a a question we all need to to ask ourselves. I I personally, um, with the Lord, and let me me say this as a caveat, make sure you ask this question with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right, because we could say, oh, I'm generous, oh, I'm generous, I get, no, no, make sure you ask with the Holy Spirit, because how many of you are thankful that the Holy Spirit not only encourages, but he corrects? So I want us to be people that ask this question, consistently bring this question before our lives, before our our, our marriages, before our families, saying, are we, are we, am I a person of generosity? The kingdom of God is one of deep generosity. In a few moments, we're going to take communion to be reminded of the generosity of heaven. Come on, you can't tell me that the kingdom of God is not the most generous kingdom in the whole world when I think and remember what Jesus did. Amen? It's a generous kingdom. And I believe that the Lord wants us to be people of deep generosity. I believe he wants you to be not only as individuals, but like that, married couples, families. He wants you to be generous within your friendships, within your workplaces, within your schools. Jesus desires for us to live in generosity. I mean, 2 Corinthians 9, Paul writes, and the title of that, this is not my preaching text, but I just felt the Lord say this to me this morning as I was getting ready. He said, read this, because 2 Corinthians 9, the the title to that passage of Scripture is encouraged generosity. So I'm not up here preaching and teaching anything that I feel like is really good. This is Bible. How many of you love the Bible? I don't even have my Bible up here, but I love my Bible. How many of you love your Bible? Anybody love your Bible? Yeah. It's this, Paul writes, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants, what? Everyone together, what? We'll get a generous crop. Reminds you, this, this idea of living in God's economy is not one give to get. That, that sows selfishness back into your heart. It's one to just give and let Jesus take care of the rest. And so it says, you will, you will Get a a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. How many of you gave cheerfully the offering this morning? <laughs> and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Verse 9. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, and this is verse 10 and 11. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be what? So you can always be what? God cares about us being people of generosity. Paul encourages the church to be people of generosity. This is a kingdom principle to the way that the economy of God works. You know, I, I, this is not in my, my, my sermon, but I just feel like they need to say it. You know, we, we have given almost kind of like this, this way out for us. We're just like, well, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. How many of you believe that and know that to be true? That's Bible. God owns everything. <laughs> He, like a joke, like he's not up in heaven going like, ah, oh, the power bill's getting really high up here. I don't know how we're gonna make it. He's not worried. But we've made that in essence kind of like, oh, just all on him and no responsibility here. When you died, and <laughs> when you came to Jesus and you died, did you hear me? You died, you were raised to life with him as a new creation founded in Jesus Christ. That's the story of salvation. You didn't come to Jesus in the same way. If you come to Jesus, you died, and then you race to life with him, and so now you're his creation. So now what happens is, is we are in partnership with Jesus. Are you hearing me this morning, church? So we are co-laborers with Christ. So what that means is, is we do the things that Jesus has instructed us to do as a part of his people. So his people are called to be generous, yeah? And so someone asked me recently, we were in the car together driving, and I was giving him my message before my message, and he was like, you know, like, well, well, how do I know I'm generous? Like, how do you measure generosity? And I said, simple. I got a, I got a simple answer for that question. I'm going to teach you a little bit more, but simple answer. The very first thing will test you in your generosity is your tithing. He was like, what? I said, oh, yeah. Guys, listen, I'm not a money guy. I'm not a prosperity guy. I think that gospel's terrible. But I, I do believe in the principles of God's word. And so... Ye, apart, this is for believers. You can be generous all day in your giving and your time and energy, but if you're not being generous to God's word and what he says, give me your first, you're just operating in the, in the natural of generosity. There's a difference between kingdom generosity and natural generosity, right? And so I said, like, listen, listen, you're gonna know if you're generous by first knowing, do you tithe? I am not embarrassed, scared. Like, people get so nervous preaching on money. I don't because I've, I, I'm a tither. I love being a tither. I don't, I don't tell people, I don't put that on people, but I just, I know what it's done for my life. It has broken JP. Did you hear me? Because by nature, I'm not generous. You all judge me. Like in my natural, I'm kind of like, ah. But when I give my first fruits to Jesus and I break the curse of mammon and I break the curse over my life, I break the curse of selfishness, I enter into being a person of generosity. Did you, you see how this works? Because you can give something and give to people for so long, but eventually you're gonna want something in return. 
And if you don't get something in return, you're going to get upset. Can I preach this morning? This is why the tithe, at first and foremost, has to go. Because once you give the tithe, you're free from whatever getting anything back. Because you know, I've given to Jesus, and he's going to take care of everything I need. So now if I can be generous over here, I'm not worried if that person's going to ever repay me. It's not a gift to get. It's just a give and let Jesus do it. So generosity, how it starts, where you have to first start is look going, man, am I a person that gives my first 10% to God? I want to encourage you, church. I'm so proud. We are not doing the series because the church is in, hurt, in hurting. Is that proper English? Because the church is hurting. We're doing this. I'm doing the series for you. This is for you. I know around the room, I can look. I know people that give to God generously. I've, I, I could call them up and say, come share testimonies of just what God's done in your life when you've given, when you've tithed. There would be countless, we would have hours of testimony. But generosity first starts with us going, you know what, God, I'm gonna give you my 10th. And then out of that, it allows us to be people of deep generosity. So we started with the heart, and we're gonna end with the heart, amen? Started with the heart, we're gonna end with the heart. So if you're asking the question right now going, am I generous? And now you've already feel convicted about the tithe, that's just between you and him. But now, okay, let's move past that and go, okay, Holy Spirit, show me what generosity looks like. Show me what generosity, show me what it means to be a person of deep generosity. Okay, John chapter 12, go there, John chapter 12. When you're there, say I'm there. Four of you, John 12. Are you there? John 12, verses one through eight. We'll have the big Bible on the screen. I love Jesus. What a powerful time in his presence right now. All right. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. If you don't know the story, Jesus shows up days prior to this and raises his friend Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was in the grave, dead, like smelling bad, dead, right? And Jesus raises him to life. So now Jesus is back with, with them, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And it says in verse two, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. And then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. And she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Get that picture. Please, just for a moment. Like Mary's there. Lazarus is there. The disciples are there. We get another account. They're all there. Jesus is there. Martha's getting the stuff done that needs to get done. Don't be mad at Martha. You know, I've preached messages. It's the most important thing to do to be like Mary. But listen, it all matters. Lazarus is there. Jesus is there. And Mary comes in and has a very expensive perfume. Come on, how many of you... No, there are some expensive perfumes out there today. She breaks it, and she pours it on Jesus' feet and wipes his hair with her. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? Hello? It was worth a year's wages. I love the Bible. It always 
speaks for itself. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, so he was the one that was in charge of the money throughout Jesus' ministry. Can I just teach for a moment? Because I've asked the question, like, and this is the best that I could come up with with, with the Lord. Is like, why would Jesus make the dude that's going to betray him, the dude that he knew was going to sell him, the dude that he knew was stealing? You don't think Jesus knew he was stealing from the money bag? It'd be like some of you, if we did the buckets, we're going to bring buckets back, you know? <laughs> like, when you pass the buckets, it's like, oh, I'll take that one and that one. Like, he was stealing from the offering. Are you with me? Why would Jesus let him? Because Jesus did it for Judas's sake. He still believed for Judas to turn. It was a test. It's an extra sermon. You can give in the offering if you want to for that one. He used to help himself to what was put into it. In verse 7, Jesus replies, leave her alone. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. This is a teaching, I believe, of Jesus on having a heart of generosity. So here, we see two different hearts. It's kind of like a tale of two hearts, if I can say. It's looking and going, man, there's, there's Mary sitting there, and Mary comes with an extravagant gift, perfume, a fragrance that, that smelled beautiful and was expensive, and, and she goes and she pours it out. And then you see Judas who's sitting there, and, and don't just judge Judas. Another account says that the disciples were also like, yo, what are you doing? Right, like, what are you doing? But you see the heart of Judas in this account of John, and you see Judas who, who's like, oh, how dare she? I can't believe. Oh, we could have used that money for so many more things. But he didn't care about doing more things. He just cared about himself. He cared about himself. See, selfishness will always keep you from generosity. Like, selfishness will always be the bar barrier for you to be walking in, in a generous spirit. Hear me. And so Judas is there, Mary's there, and, and there's two, two different hearts being placed before Jesus, and Jesus commends Mary for all she's, she's done. How many of you want to be commended by Jesus when you meet him face to face? Every hand should go up. How many of you want Jesus to look and go, keep your hands up. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done, thy good and faithful How many of you want to hear those words? I do. I want to hear them for you. Mary hears those words like, leave her alone. She's doing the thing that matters the most. She's doing an important thing. This is a good thing. Living a life of generosity. And so this story reveals what's inside of the hearts of these two people. And so I ask the question again. Am I generous? Am I generous? Because I believe as we leave this series, the Lord wants to break by his spirit just more selfishness out of us. I prayed this morning for our house that this house would be marked with being a people that are full of generosity. Not when we're just called upon to do it. Did you hear me? Like, not, you guys are awesome. If I were to put up an offering right now and be like, we have a special offering for this need, I know our church would meet it. That's amazing, well done. But I want us to be a people that on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and in no special offering times live with hearts of generosity. Because this is what Jesus desires for us to do. It's what Paul says there in Corinthians. Let's be people of generosity. 
But how many of you know this to be true? Generosity is costly. How many of you ever give, given, and you're like, oh my gosh. Anybody? Anybody? Like you hear the Lord say give, and you're like, really? I don't think I heard that. I told the story about how the, I was young in this, and I gave to a, wrote a check out. The Lord said, write a check, take it to church. I'll tell you who to give it to. And I was like, ah. Generosity is costly. I mean, I mean, look at this. Like, like Mary is there with an expensive perfume bottle. Did you hear what the scripture says? That it was a year's wages worth. How many of you would love to give up your year wages to the Lord? But what if he asked you to? Oh, and everyone's like, oh, Lord, don't pray. Please, please, please. Please, Lord, I'll give you, I'll give you 25%. <laughs> no, you guys are serious. Some of you are like, have you been praying that for us, Pastor? Well, maybe I should start. The prayers of a righteous man. A year's wages in that little bottle. And Mary walks in and does not care how much it's going to cost her. Does not care what's going to happen after that bottle breaks. What she cares about is she's going to anoint Jesus. She's going to give to her king. Are you listening to me? All she cared about was giving her most precious thing to the most precious one. Did you hear me? The most precious gift that she could have given to the most precious one. That's all she desired to do. It cost her. But I do believe Mary did not care about the cost. We don't get the account that Mary's wrestling going, ah, am I going to be generous today? Ah, should I do this today? We don't get that. She just goes and walks right in and she gives it to Jesus. You know why I think she did not care how much it cost her? Because her brother who was dead is sitting right next to Jesus. You know why I don't care when God asks, I mean this, I don't care when God says give because I was a dead man. You're not hearing me. I was dead. And Jesus Christ came and invaded my life and brought me to life, resurrected my life, has resurrected people in this room from being dead. How, how many of you have ever been dead before and came to life? And so it does not matter how costly it is because I know what he did in me. And so if he tells me to give it up, I'll give it up. Why? Because I want to see more dead people come to life. Do you know that the church is the vessel in which dead people come to life? It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through Jesus. But it's through his church. Are you hearing me? The church should be the most generous people in the world and not being consumed with the cost because he is the one that will provide all of our riches according. He is the one that owns a kettle on a thousand hills. He is the one that says, do not worry. What? Do not worry about what you're going to eat, about what you're going to drink, about what you're going to wear. Like the pagans do that stuff. Wait, you're calling me a pagan? <laughs> He's like, yeah, because if you don't trust me in this, specifically with your resourcing, and if you don't do that, you're just operating then in fear. And I've not given you a spirit of 
I'm preaching today. Some of you are not catching. Preach. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of sound mind and of peace and of hope. And of, I've given you me. So Mary's there and she sees her brother and they're hosting Jesus for an honoring dinner. And then she goes, man, I don't care what this cost is. He raised my dead brother to life. Like he, this brother was dead. Like stone cold dead. And Jesus goes, oh no, he's just sleeping. Shows up and says, Lazarus, come out of the grave. How many of you would have loved to have been there? Like the stone, like, like Lazarus walks out like, hey guys, it's a good nap. Everyone's like, what the heck is going? Her brother was dead. So Mary goes, what do I have that's not worth giving to him? What do I have that's not worth giving to him? What do you have that's not worth giving? If he saved your life, then why are you fighting the spirit that's, hmm. why are you fighting being a person of generosity? Why? Because mammon will tell you to hoard. Mammon will tell you you'll never have enough. Well, you don't know my debts. You don't know my credit cards. Oh, I, I, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. You don't know mine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's across the board for every single one of us. This will break freedom into your lives. Don't worry about what he's asking you to give. Just do it and watch as he meets everything you need because you have been obedient. I love watching people when they operate in quick obedience because I know the blessing of the Lord just falls in right behind. It's, like, it's, it's, it's the principle of God. Mary does not care the cost. She, she didn't care. She just wanted to anoint Jesus. Will you be willing to not worry about the cost when your friends need you? And you're going to go? Because see, it's not, just ta it's not just treasure. It's your time. It's your talent. Some of you are withholding being generous with your talents because you've been burned before. Can I just say, let the Lord heal you and get back in this thing? Hear me. Did you hear me? Let the Lord heal you and get you back in this thing. The kingdom of God is at hand. People need Jesus. Are you listening to me? So start to be generous with your talents. If you have a talent to do something magnificent for the city of God, but you got burned in a season, get back in this thing and let the Lord take it and use it to see the kingdom of God invade a city called Chicago. Is anybody awake this morning? Like, count, yes, count the cost. Guess what? You should have counted the cost before you came to Jesus. Everyone's like, oh, I got to count the cost. I got to do the math. No, when you died, you counted the cost. He says, count the cost and follow me. See, this is the kingdom. The kingdom is not like, well, do the math, figure it out. Now listen, there's wisdom in your finances. There was wisdom in all that stuff. Hear me, but it's a very fine line. And some of us are counting the cost more when Jesus said, count the cost when you came to me. You died. <laughs> so all of my talents that I wanted to do are done. So my talents now are to be used for him. Your talents are to be used for him. Your time, let your time be costly. Like, 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 how many of you want to be people that, like, when the phone rings and you know they want to come over and hang out, but you don't want to hang out because you don't have the capacity? Like, like, <laughs> your capacity died when Jesus came into your life. Yesterday, yesterday, another testing. I'm like, I don't have time. This phone rings, I don't have time. I don't. The Lord said, You're gonna preach this tomorrow. Do it. 
Yes, Lord. It's one of the most blessed conversations I've had in a long time. It's costly, but it's so worth it. Judas, Judas, Judas was sitting there counting the cost, but he wasn't counting the cost for the fact of the ministry. Listen, we have people in this church that count the cost for us in the sake of making sure that we're, we're sound in what we do with, our, with the money that's brought. You with me? Judas was not that guy. <laughs> Judas was not like, oh, we can do this. He was about himself. Because Jesus says to him, he does not care about the poor. He doesn't care about the poor. He just cares for himself. So Judas is like, man, I, I, oh. his heart, all he did was consumed with cost. If your heart is consumed with cost, cost, like cost, 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 this is gonna hurt, this is gonna hurt, this is gonna hurt, this is gonna hurt, you might want to ask the question again, am I generous? Now listen, I'm not telling you to go pay for everybody's meal, pay for 17 lunches this next week, but you know what, can I be honest? I wanna run with people that when the bill comes, nobody gets alligator arms. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The bill gets laid down, everyone's like, mm, I can't, mm. Ooh, that, I can't, I got, uh. no, you guys laugh. I don't want to, can I be honest, just me, this is me, this is just the Lord, I don't want to run, I wanna fight for the bill. I wanna fight, right, to pay that thing. I wanna fight to be like, no, no, I, this is on me today, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I got it. And like, we've, we've literally got, I, I know, uh, Nick's here, like, we fight over that thing. I'm like, no, I'm paying this one. No, I'm paying this one. No, we're in coffee shops, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm gonna pay this one. He's like, no, I and it's like a fight to get the tap. How many of you wanna be people that wanna fight to tap the thing first? What would it look like to the world to see the believers of the church going, no, I got this one today. This is mine. That was another message, but you need to hear that. I'm not telling you to operate on, in bad wisdom. If you don't have it, it's okay. That's why I believe when the church gives and the church is together, there's not a need among you. That's a New Testament church. It says there's not a need among you. So listen, if you can't give lavishly and generously, it's okay. You might just be able to give a little. You know, the woman that just gave a little bit was known throughout the world. Like, she is known forever. Jesus was like, so if you're sitting there going, well, I don't have anything to give. You do. You do. But it might not be the fighting for the bill, and that's okay. You don't have to. But it might be going, you know what? I got some extra food in my house. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call two, three people over from the church. Or I'm gonna invite my neighbor over. That's wild and crazy, but I'm gonna have them over to come eat some. You get it, you get it. It's costly. You get it. Am I generous? Am I generous? Judas's heart is thus fundamentally different from the heart of Mary, as she lavishes her love and respect upon Jesus. <laughs> This gospel provides a great many examples of the difference between faith and unbelief. Through descriptions of true disciples on the one hand and on the other, both would-be disciples and Jesus' opponents. You see the difference here? Okay, so, so generosity is gonna be costly. But when you get into this thing and you start to live this thing out, and you really start to go with the Holy Spirit in this, people will misunderstand you. Your family will misunderstand you. Your coworkers will not understand why you keep coming and bringing them a coffee every week. Right? Dudes, if it's a girl, you keep bringing a coffee, have the honest conversation. 
Single dudes, single dudes, single dudes. Have the honest conversation about what you, why you're really bringing the coffee. I'm just being generous. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but for real, it, it won't make sense to other people. Can I tell you that's the reality of the kingdom you're a part of? It's foolishness to the world. Wisdom of God is foolishness. To, it's, like, it's like, doesn't make sense. I mean, the, Judas is there, Mary pours it out, and Judas is like, what are you doing? How dare you? We could have used this to feed the poor. Oh, my goodness. We could have done so many things. I got a spreadsheet. Like, we could have done so many things with that gift. What are you doing, Mary? Can I tell you, Mary, I don't hear, I don't, we don't read, we don't get the account that she stopped. She didn't stop. She kept pouring it, kept wiping it, kept embracing Jesus in it. She kept giving it to Jesus. Entirely misunderstood, entirely like going against the grain. All the disciples are there. Who should have been like the dudes that understood it? But this one woman who's, who saw her brother come to life, has seen Jesus move, knows that he's the king, is giving, and they're all going, how dare you? And she's just going, I don't care what you say. I'm gonna do what is the most important thing I need to do. See, what's gonna happen is, is you're gonna take this step of faith and you're gonna start to go, okay, I'm gonna live generously. And I pray to God you do, but you will get tested in it. Because you always get tested in revelation of the Lord. Don't get shocked when you get a revelation from the Lord and the next day you get tested in it. But what happens is, is when you step out in faith and you start to do this, people are gonna go, what are you doing? Your family, people that may not no, Jesus, we pray for them. We're believing for them. But they might not understand. Why do you give 10% of your income to that crazy church? It's not about the church. It's about giving to him. They're not going to understand it. And here's the reality. Believers, you don't have to justify why you're obedient to Jesus. Just share the good news of Jesus. You don't have to justify why you want to be a person of generosity when people don't understand it. Just do it. And don't let people's response then determine how you're gonna go. Because there's been moments, right? Okay, back to that story. Forgive me for the personal story. Where I, where I handed the check to somebody in my parents' church. They immediately were like, no, can't take it. No, I can't do that. Oh, I can't take that money. Ha! Ah. And there was a little piece of me that was like, well, take it back. Clearly, I was not, that was not in direct communication with the Lord there on that. And the Lord said, no, 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 don't worry about their response. Don't worry. Don't let their response to your generosity, to what I've told you to do, dictate if you're going to do it or not. Just do it. Because that's more about them and whatever's going on in there. Let the Lord deal with that. You are not responsible to see the harvest. You're responsible to throw the seed. And the Lord, and the Lord says that he will give you generously the seed to to sow. I don't have to, guys, can I tell you, I, I won't know the stories. Men and women of faith that have been doing this, we won't know the stories of how our generosity has impacted people probably till we get to face-to-face -face with Jesus in eternity. And I'm good with that. Are you good with that? Are you good with your generosity sometimes just not being understood and caught? I'm good with it. Mary didn't care about her, the opinions. She just gave regardless of the voices. 
You know what's awesome? When she shut the voices up, she was the only one that was able to anoint Jesus' body the entire time of his death and burial. What if she stopped? Because of the voices. Jesus' body was anointed for his death and burial because of her. That's a good word, I know. Judas didn't care for the poor. Oftentimes those voices that will tell you, don't give to the church. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't be generous to your friends. Don't do it. We should give to this. They don't care. And can I tell you, your status in life, your successes in life, if you keep the heart that's before the Lord, that's good. Like, don't let other people tell you you gotta <laughs> give everything to the poor. Can I, can I connect some dots here for a second? This is totally off tangent. If this is the message, we're in this lane now. You with me? When people say, oh, you could take that, you should sell your house and give it to the poor. I say to them, you should sell yours. So don't listen to voices when they're like, how dare you, don't do it. Because we've been there. Oh, you, you could have taken that money that you put into this thing and done it with the poor. It's like, yeah, you could have too. Do you hear me? Does this make sense? Don't let the voices of others tell you what God is saying to you and how God's calling you to give. If God calls you to sell your home, sell it. But let God tell you that. If God tells you to give, give. I'm not talking tithe. I'm talking now generous, above the tithe, right? Give. And don't let other people tell you, man, you shouldn't do that. And also don't let people tell you <laughs> how to live with it. Are you with me? Like, some of you are successful people, and I, just, I feel like the Lord needs to say to you, like, don't be scared to, like, keep doing what you're doing and building and sowing into the kingdom of God. Don't let other people not tell you, sell that thing. Okay, that's the next year. Okay. There's so much in here. Take it. Your generosity will speak for you and your generosity will keep you covered. It says in Mark's account that Mary will be known forever because of what she did in that moment. That across, if I'm, I have it here. Mark 14. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Your generosity will speak. Let me say it this way. Your fruit will be revealed. I always tell, I should say this, I've always been told by people over me, my pastors, my leaders, situations arise. They're always like, Jay, the fruit will bear. If it's true and it's real, the fruit will bear. If it's a lie, it'll die. Your fruit will always bear what's inside of you. So, so you don't need to go around now and taking this step of faith and being like, come back and tell me, like, Pastor, I gave. I don't want to know. If you need to testify and give a testimony, praise the Lord, let's do that. But I don't want to know. The fruit of your life will show enough. Hear me. 
Because scripture says, don't let your right hand know what you're, like don't go around being like, look what I've done. We wrestle as a church here even at times when we have testimonies of like well-to-well or situations that go on. We, we, we have to prayerfully pray, prayerfully pray? We have to pray faithfully to whether or not we like want to share those. Like do we want to post that? Do we want to like let that be known? Because like really we take God's word true and we're like, listen, like it's, it, maybe we should just be behind the scenes. I would rather our fruit just show God wants your fruit of your home and of your marriage to, sh- to, to, to show of, of your own life. Like, well, let your generosity speak for itself. Don't answer the question like, well, I'm generous, and start telling everybody. <laughs> it's like, I'm generous. What? <laughs> Mary didn't walk in going, look what I have. <laughs> everybody gaze upon the perfume. This is a year's wages of perfume. <laughs> Can I have the keys? I, she, I think she just walked in. But I, the Lord always, like, when I'm in prayer, and we're landing the plane, when I'm in prayer, I feel like the Lord shows me just like, I don't want to add to the scriptures. I don't do any of that. So you guys know I hold the word. But I just get the picture of Mary this morning when I was praying. Like, she's hosting this dinner. Martha's getting things ready. Lazarus is there as he should be. He just was awakened from the dead. Like, let that man, let that brother rest. I just think Mary's in her bedroom, just or whatever it was, a different room, just like sorting through, like, I, I know, that's here, it's here, it's here, it's, it's here. And she finds it. And she holds it, and she's just like, she just walks in. She's not like, everybody, look what I'm about to do. She sees Jesus. And she just gets low. She just gets low with him. And says she breaks it. And she pours it out. You wanna know if you're a generous person? You'll be willing to break what's most precious to you. You wanna know if you're generous? You'll be willing to break and give the things that are most precious to you. Hear me, church. <laughs> That's when it gets fun. <laughs> That's when the living like this gets fun. She breaks it and she pours it out. Anoints Jesus. And it says the entire home was filled with the aroma of the fragrance. When you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your school, when you walk into your home or wherever it might be, wherever you go, you carry a spirit of generosity and you begin to pour it out and you begin to give and you begin to, you know, allow the Lord to break you and to use you and to do that, that fragrance of your life will begin to be felt and smelled by everybody around you. Hear me. Hear me. This is how the kingdom works. You don't like the way your office smells? Bring in a different aroma. You don't like the gossip culture that you're a part of? Bring a generous spirit, because you know generosity can also happen here. That's a good word, someone needs to hear that. Oh man, we'll be so quick to stop devouring people. Church, can we stop devouring one another with our tongue? Can we just pour out love and affection and honor towards one another and watch as the atmosphere of environments begins to change. Can you hear me? I'm preaching. This is important. Let the fragrance of your lives, of your generosity be seen. But then also, your generosity will keep you covered. This is it. 
Jesus says to her, to the, to the group, leave her alone. <laughs> I love that. How many of you would love for Jesus to shut the devil's mouth when he's messing with you and would say, leave that one alone. Leave that one alone, that's mine. How many of you would like that? Show me, okay, yeah. It happens when you, when you live a, with a heart of generosity before him. When you give, when you give, when you pour out, when you come to worship and you give him everything. You give him everything, you don't leave anything in, you just give it all and your generosity covers you. Because I believe in my life, in Rachel and I's life, I can have testimony, I can testify to Jesus time and time again, where we've given, we've given, we've given, and our lives have been covered. And I believe he's looked at the devourer and said, leave them alone. You can't touch them. You can't have them. You will not be able to do anything with them. They are faithful and they are mine. Would you love to have that over your life? He wants it for you and over your life. He wants to shut the mouth of the devourer over your life. He wants to open up heaven and pour out blessings upon your life. He wants to do, you guys should all smile. This is good news. He wants to do that. Now, I'm not saying you won't have testings and trials and your car won't break down and the bills won't. That's all real life stuff. But I have been in life for some years and I've seen the Lord in the midst of life happenings going, I will cover you, JP. I will keep you, JP. I will bless you. I will hold you. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Your generosity keep you covered because it's a hard thing God's the most generous person in the world the most generous person in the whole world this generosity this gift of his son covers my life his generosity speaks his generosity covers. His generosity is misunderstood. Are you with me? His generosity was super costly. He gave up his son. Are you hearing this? But God promised from the moment in the garden, there will one that will come. And death will be defeated. Sin will be destroyed. Bondage will be broken. And people will have access back to the Father because of this. He's the most generous, faithful God in the whole world. We're going to take communion right now, but before we do, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. up in people that you gave you gave your life for us if you're in the room and every head bowed every head closed I just want to give a moment scripture is very clear about getting to his table and taking communion it's for his sons and daughters if you're in the room and you just are here going I, I've never heard this or maybe I've heard of this generous God I've heard of Jesus, but I've never said yes to his generosity. 
wants to give you himself today. He wants to bring you back. He said that he came to seek and save those that were lost. It's a really generous father. So every eye is closed, every head bowed just for a moment. If you're in the room right now and maybe you've been running from him and you just want to return, some of you, you've never said yes to Jesus taking over your life, forgiving you of your sins, giving you new life, not a, not a second chance, brand new life. He's here in the room today. He wants to give generously himself to you. If you want to give your life, your heart to Jesus and you want him to be the Lord over your life, just slip your hand up right now. Anybody else? Slip them up high. I'm, I see him. I see him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want you just to pray this prayer. Everybody, keep your eyes closed. I want you to pray this prayer together. Church, as one body, we're going to pray this together with those that hands were lifted up all across this room. Pray this. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. Thank you that you've washed me clean. Thank you that today, because of you, Jesus, I am brand new. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive you as the Lord. I receive your Holy Spirit today. And I say thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for every person. Every person that has said yes to you and to your love, to your grace, what a joy. Heaven rejoices. Heaven's rejoicing right now. So I thank you, Lord, that you're doing great things in us. Thank you for salvation that has come into hearts today. Generational um, families change forever because of this moment. Their children change forever. Their future grandchildren, their, their families, their homes, their lives change forever, Lord. We thank you and we honor you and bless you in Jesus' name.